At a time like this, it's easy to see why local news is so important and why that news should be free for everyone who needs it to be. Your support of KCUR makes this essential reporting possible. If you can, please donate. KCUR.org slash give. And thanks. And good morning and welcome to Up to Date Special Coverage, Coronavirus in Kansas City. I'm Steve Kraske. Today, a conversation with Missouri Congressman Emanuel Cleaver of Kansas City about that $1.6 trillion emergency economic package now working its way through Congress. Will the package offer multiple checks for cash-strapped Americans or just one check? Later, we hope Mayor Can- uh, Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas can call in with the latest on his stay-at-home order that goes into effect tomorrow morning. And a panel of lawyers will help you with your difficult legal questions as the coronavirus disrupts American life. There's a lot to talk about today. But first, we begin with a news update with KCUR's Sam Zeff. Sam, good morning. Good morning, Steve. Sam, the number of cases is changing quickly. Give us the latest update there. Yeah, just a couple of hours ago, the Missouri Department of uh, Health and Senior Services upped the number of cases in Missouri to 106. Last night, it stood at 90. Uh, There are six in Jackson County. There are six in Cass County. And the state breaks out Kansas City. There are 13 cases within the city of Kansas City. Hmm. Uh, In Kansas right now, 64 cases across the state, 28 of those in Johnson County, 14 in Wyandotte County. Those are the latest numbers as of right now. Later on this morning, we hope to talk to Mayor Lucas. But in the meantime, go over that stay-at-home order that came down yesterday, or actually Saturday, I think. Yeah. So uh, there was a news. Con- the order came down Saturday. News conference yesterday at Union Station uh, by leaders from Kansas City, different uh, different counties. So by the time people wake up tomorrow morning, most people in the area will be under this stay-at-home order. There are some exceptions for uh, medical folks, uh, for uh, grocery stores, uh, pharmacies, uh, uh, oddly enough, Home Depot uh, type of stores. Uh, But most people will be probably working from home uh, tomorrow. This uh, goes for 30 days. There was some uh, discussion Saturday at the Johnson County uh, Board of Commissioners meeting about only extending the order 14 days and then re-up, uh, re-up, uh, re-upping it. Uh, that was beaten back, and uh, now all jurisdictions uh, have the stay-at-home order for the next 30 days. And meantime, a couple of odd coronavirus stories in the news today. Tell us about those. Odd times and odd stories. So when I uh, dialed into Facebook today, there was a post from KCI. Uh, uh, People had ripped uh, a number of hand sanitizers off the walls in bathrooms uh, at KCI. The problem is it's hard to find those now. So KCI, while they say they've got a lot of soap, uh, (laughs) certainly water, a lot of paper towels, uh, but there are uh, any number of hand sanitizers uh, missing from KCI this morning. People ripped them off uh, bathroom walls sometime probably uh, over the weekend. And then another uh, oddball story. There was a number of tweets, I don't know if you saw them over the weekend, uh, suggesting that the mobilization of National Guardsmen uh, was to uh, institute martial law. Hmm. Martial law. Right. Uh, The Kansas National Guard went out of its way to put out a press release over the weekend saying only 21 uh, guardsmen have been activated so far, seven from the Army Guard, 14 from the Air Guard, and they're working in the Emergency Preparedness Office uh, in Topeka. Uh, But those two uh, stories stood out to me when uh, when I came into work this morning. 
Okay, that's KCUR Sam Zeff. Sam, thanks for the update. Happy to help. Congress is wrestling with a whale of a decision, which is how much money to allocate to an emergency economic package to deal with the coronavirus crisis, and then how that money should be spent. Joining us now from Washington is Missouri Congressman Emanuel Cleaver. Congressman, always good to have you. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you. You know, one of your big concerns is whether this package is going to be big enough to help all those Americans who need it. The size of the package is growing. It was a trillion dollars last week. It's closer to two trillion dollars today. I'm wondering, is that going to be enough, Congressman? Probably not. I was in Congress when uh, we had the, the 2008 crash, and uh, our, the I'm, I serve on the Banking Committee of the Financial Services Committee. And one of the things we continued to press with to the White House was that uh, uh, we needed a trillion dollar bill. We actually needed more than that. We ended up with an 800, uh, uh, and, and it, 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 I mean, we, we never reached a trillion and we could have probably stopped things earlier if we had, uh, gone ahead and gotten a trillion. President Obama didn't like the way a trillion dollar, uh, debt sounded. So, but we are, we are, um, go going to probably go to two. And even at two, Steve, it's important. For me to say, it's not going to be enough. I don't think mm -hmm. we can print enough money, and that's essentially what we're doing now. It's almost quanti what's called quantitative uh, easing. And, and and the reason is that, uh, for example, some of my, I've been speaking with my colleagues from Memphis and New Orleans and New York, uh, and, and to a lesser degree Chicago, because you know we, things get down to to, to where you, you're going to have to need to help even musicians. Mm -hmm. And think about this. Right now, the the, uh, the the percentage of Kansas City hotel rooms that are rented out falls between one and ten percent. Uh, that means we have in Kansas City uh, so many uh, hotel rooms uh, that are not being rent, uh, rented each night that hoteliers are going to probably have to start shutting down hotels. Hmm. And I got that from a, a, a hoteler uh, here in Kansas City. You know, Congressman, you serve in the House. The logjam is in the Senate right now, a big uh, partisan breakdown over getting this package through. Do you have any insights into uh, when you expect a bill to pass? Do you expect a bill to pass? Where are we with that? Well, we're, we're going to get a bill passed. The, the argument, as, as you may know, is over um, who all gets help. Right. And having, having been there on, uh, in 2008, we bailed out the banks. We bailed out the automobile industry, and we should have. Um, however, uh, we left small businesses uh, out there uh, wanting. We 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 didn't deal with the 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 whole scale of of unemployment that had occurred, uh, and so little people got hurt, hurt. Little people, I'm saying, people who are you know don't don't trade on on uh, Wall Street, and uh, and this and uh, and our commitment has been and will continue to be. That if we're going to have a bailout, uh, we want to bailout for for as many of the the small entities that we can think about, including for the first time in history, the church, because at a time like this, people tend to turn to their their faith, whether they go to a temple or a mosque uh, uh, or church or synagogue, and and so uh, I mean different times require different solutions, and that's what we're uh, really going to have to start looking at, and that's our argument. Uh, with Mitch McConnell in the Senate.
Another big question, as you know, is whether Congress is looking at a one-time only cash payment or multiple payments to money-strapped Americans. What's the latest on that front? That's another point. Uh, the, the Senate wants to do a one-time uh, $1,000 or $1,500 uh, to, uh, to individuals who, uh, who earn under a certain amount, uh, either uh, $50,000 uh, or uh, on the high side, seventy five. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, because by the time uh, individuals get their checks, it will be uh, May, um, and may and and could be deep into May. This is not going to be an easy deal where, where everybody gets money the next day, and so many people will have already missed two house payments or two rental pay, rent payments. Uh, not to mention, uh, you know, running out of out of uh, necessities to to just live every day. So, uh, you know, some of us are pushing uh, for 2000 and that doesn't make it a lot better, but it, it, it makes it somewhat better. And there are others who are, who are, who are saying, you know, you give, uh, believe, believe it or not, I've heard everybody, uh, some say, you know, give everybody a $10,000 check hmm. and, and, and with no more. And Congressman, uh, you would give that money to virtually everybody if you had your way. Do I understand that correctly? Everyone except uh, those who earn over over fifty thousand um, dollars, and 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 there is an argument, you know, for people who earn over fifty thousand dollars because, frankly, they, if, if they lose their jobs, uh, they they're not going to have the same amount. Uh, they'll have the same amount as somebody who made twenty five thousand. Uh, so, so I, under I, your plan, on. you're really tar- targeting the lower income echelon of Americans. Do I have that right? You have that correct, and, okay. and that's the holdup right now. It's, okay. it's, some of us are saying we, we don't vote unless, it, unless uh, some of the, 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 the poorest people are helped. I'm visiting with Missouri Congressman Emanuel Cleaver, who's in Kansas City right now. I said you were in Washington, but I think you're, you're actually with us here in town, right? Right. We're trying to figure out a way to, cut, to get to Washington. Uh, this is going to be a test. We've never had anything like this to occur. Uh, there are some of us who say we, we, can, we should be able to vote from our homes. However, uh, there are some constitutional questions whether we can do that mm. or not. Mm. And so the, the point is, how do we get back to Washington? Some of us are around here. I've made a little proposal that we drive, rent a car and, and drive back together or that we get the uh, military. Uh, every member of Congress lives near military base, and we can get the Army or Air mm. Force to, to fly us back in. We've got to be there. You know, you've also been concerned about the lack of testing for the Kansas City area. You expressed that concern last Monday. Are you seeing any signs that more tests are on the way? No. Uh, and and, I, and I, I have to try to calm myself down when I talk about it. Uh, we need those testing kits. Uh, we, we are, in fact, today I'm going to spend time trying to, we have someone locally who may be able to produce those. And I've got to make sure that the federal government will, 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 uh, reimburse them if, if we start distributing them to hospitals. And let me just say, because this is critically important, we're having a shortage of nurses. Uh, I mean, we, we, we need three nurses in Lafayette County uh, Regional Hospital. We need 10 in, in with, uh, Fitzgibbons Hospital in Marshall. Uh, and uh, and Ray County uh, Memorial, we need three. Uh, the, the, the nurses are just overwhelmed, and many of them are, frankly, uh, going to places where they can actually earn as much as $140 an hour. And so if there are individuals uh, who are interested and who would work in one of these hospitals for a couple of months, 
that you'll get paid. They're not asking for volunteers. If you call my office, 842-4545, that's 816-842-4545, uh, we can connect you with a hospital that uh, in these small towns that are desperate uh, for help. Hmm. Congressman, what do you make of the Trump administration's response to this crisis so far? How, how would you grade it? Well, I, you know, there's been a lot of hijinks and, and, and Pollyannish statements, but I, I, I'm, I'm trying to uh, push back on my own self uh, and to say that, that, that there will be a time when, when we might, we've got to have an investigation because things happened that are awful. Uh, I'm not even going to go to on the phone like, like telling the World Health Organization that uh, we didn't need the test kits. However, right now, I think we've got to concentrate on, on, on trying to save as many lives as we can from uh, COVID-19. And, uh, but the day will come when we, when we, sh- we uh, absolutely must talk about how awful some of the things were that happened. How about the response of average citizens in Kansas City? I'm wondering what you're seeing, Congressman. Are, are people social distancing enough right now? Are we doing what we need to do to disrupt this pandemic? I think Kansas City is, is, is uh, functioning a, a lot better than many, many places. I think people are finally taking this seriously. Uh, you know, I, I can tell you that only a few cars are on the road. Uh, uh, people who are out or, or, uh, or, or those who must be out, I think. It's amazing uh, to me how better. that's changed. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. amazing. Yeah. Uh, but can, if I can say this quickly, uh, I have a relative who called me and said, uh, we, we, my wife and I just went out to the uh, stadium to look, see what I looked to have a military uh, out there with all of the military equipment. And they said nobody was out there. Let me just say to your listeners, if you have a question, call 842-4545. If something like that would happen, as your United States Congress member, I would have known about it. <laughs> and and yeah. I would have, would have called Steve Kraske and said, we, we need to get this on the air. But uh, that, that didn't happen. Many of the things they're, they're seeing online, believe it or not, are Russian bots. They're trying to create disruption. I'm a member of the Homeland Security Committee. Uh, I can tell you without fear of being contradicted, that many of the posts they are, people are looking at all over the country are Russian bots. Hmm. Just a final question, Congressman Cleaver. I'm wondering about what you're hearing from your constituents back home these days. Uh, what, what concerns are standing out as they make phone calls to your office? Uh, they're, they're wondering if they're going to lose their job. Uh, they're wondering how, wondering how long uh, will this last, and I've been as truthful to them as I can. Uh, we're, we're, we've been talking about eight weeks. It could go longer. Uh, it looks like the Olympics, Olympics will be canceled. All kinds of events have been canceled all the way into June that I know about. So I think it's going to be with us a while. And I know that these are some scary, uh, unusual, and testing times, but uh, we, we're going to make it through. We've made it through a lot of things in this country. Uh, and, you know, if we can stay around our families, that's my greatest fear, people uh, or, uh, or, you know, going to get, you know, cabin fever. Uh, and uh, I, I saw a cartoon with a woman knitting, and she was knitting a, a, um, a rope, a uh, neck root. Uh, 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 a for scarf, yeah. <laughs> and said, and she said this was, she, she was knitting that for her husband. So 
uh, I think, you know, knitting is whatever you want to do. Don't knit anything for your family members, but that's going to be a struggle. That's Missouri Congressman Emanuel Cleaver of Kansas City joining us from Kansas City. Congressman, sure, appreciate your time. I'm sure we'll be in touch in the days and weeks to come. Good to be with you. Thank you. The coronavirus is leaving Kansas Cityans with all manner of unanswered legal questions. What about visitation rights with the kids when a married couple divorces in an era of COVID-19? Can my landlord evict me because I'm a health care worker? And yes, we've heard about a case exactly like that. And these days, what can your boss make you do on the job and what can't she make you do? There are lots of questions out there and our hope is we can provide a few answers right now. With us are two attorneys with extensive experience with these issues. They are Kim Jones. She's an attorney with Seiferth, Blumenthal, and Harris, who focus, uh, focuses on employment and labor law litigation. Kim, nice to have you. Good morning. Thank you. Gina Kilala is the executive director and staff attorney with the Heartland Center for Jobs and Freedom. She has long experience with both social justice campaigns and public interest litigation. Gina, nice to have you. Thank you so much. And if you're an employer or a worker, a landlord or a tenant, and you have questions on whether the coronavirus has changed things legally, now would be a great time to ask. You can call us at 816-235-2888. You can tweet us at KC you are up to date or post it to the KCUR Facebook page. And just a quick final note here, the information presented by our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as a recommendation or advice related to your personal situation. Talk to a professional prior to making any legal decisions. Kim, you told our producer that your phones are ringing pretty steadily these days. How much legal uncertainty is out in the community right now? What would you say? Oh, it's immense. Um, uh, With the Families First Coronavirus Response Act that provides for the paid sick leave and things of that nature, um, there are lots of concerns and questions about compliance with that. Um, And there are lots of businesses that are not having any cash flow whatsoever now. And so they're concerned about being able to pay their workers and trying to decide whether they should furlough them, lay them off, or just and proceed uh, in a different direction. And what do you, uh, how are you advising businesses who are stuck in that kind of uh, conundrum? It's very case by case. I bet. Um, obviously, if you furlough someone or lay them off, uh, you need to advise them of their right to apply for unemployment insurance. Um, That's and, part of the law. You have to do that. Yes, you have to do that. Um, if you furlough them, they're still technically employees. So when the um, uh, Families First Coronavirus Act goes into effect on April 2nd, arguably they may be entitled to some paid leave benefits um, if a triggering event were to occur. Um, and so they need to consider that factor as well. So, Where are places people can go to keep up with all this? Are there clearing houses of information that you regard as fairly reliable outside of this program? Uh, Not yet. Not yet. Okay. (laughs) And that's one of the issues here, right? It it really is. I think what's happening is lots of people are looking online and reading things online and they're saying, oh, well, the... This uh, paid sick leave doesn't apply to me because I, I have fewer than 50 employees. That's not true. Hmm. It actually does apply to you. Um, and and so short of actually reading the law, uh, the statute itself, there isn't a really uh, clear source of reliable information just online. Gina, what kind of uh, – how often are your phones rigging at your office? 
Uh, they're absolutely ringing with all kinds of uh, questions related to housing, relating to evictions. And I do want to say that if uh, you are a low-wage worker um, or temporarily unemployed and you have a question on your employment, consumer, or housing rights, you can call our hotline number at 816 816- Two seven eight right one three four four, and again we deal with employment, consumer, and landlord tenant issues. So please uh, feel free to call our number for specific advice, free People, advice. I, I was going to say, is it free? It's absolutely free. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Our number here eight one six two three five two eight eight eight. Let's go to Jake from Olathe. Jake, you're on up to date. Thank you, Steve. Been on your show a few times. Really appreciate it always. You um, bet, Jake. I just had a quick question for your guests, which is. Uh, If you're an essential worker traveling across state lines uh, to perform work in uh, locations with shelter-in-place orders, um, do you need additional documentation to demonstrate that to law enforcement? I've heard that Mm -hmm. that's the case, at least for some groups of health workers uh, from people that I know. And so I'm wondering if that is a... Uh, reality, and if anyone has any information on that or how one might go about getting such documentation. Kim, do you want to take that? Sure. Um, There is nothing in, for example, the Kansas City uh, order by Mayor Lucas that would require documentation. That being said, I think it is a best practice, and I'm certainly doing it even in my own office, uh, to provide a letter to the employees that may have to um, come to the work site because they are an essential worker that basically lays out the nature of the business, what they do, and that they are an essential worker and and need to be able to come to work. I hope that helps, Jake. That does a lot, and I sure appreciate y'all's time. Thank you. Yeah, good luck, Jake. We appreciate that. Um, How is the government repaying employers who have to provide this type of paid sick leave right now, Kim? Uh, It's going to come through tax credits, uh, specifically a credit toward the employer portion that they pay into Social Security is what is outlined in the bill. Mm -hmm. I anticipate um, we'll have further guidance when um, the regulations are issued. They haven't been issued uh, yet, but uh, that's that's what's contemplated. You know, we're only just a few minutes into this segment, and I'm sitting here thinking, God, this is really complicated stuff. Unprecedented times, employers, employees having to navigate all sorts of stuff here. It is. It is. Um, One piece that we haven't even really talked about yet is if you do have to lay off employees, depending on the size of the layoff and the length of the layoff, it may implicate Warn Act and all kinds of notice requirements under the law. And there's questions about whether exceptions apply given the pandemic and the, the seriousness of the situation that we're in. Do exceptions apply here? I would argue that they do. Um, There is an unforeseen business circumstance exception uh, that would lessen the amount of notice that typically is required and um, but would require as much notice as you're able to give under the circumstances. You know, are any authorities really watching over the business community right now and how it conducts its business at a time of a of a of a pandemic like this when there's so much uncertainty in, in in the culture? I don't think that there's any real-time oversight 
my fear is that there's going to be a lot of looking back at what employers uh, did and second guessing in hindsight. And lawsuits filed later instead of sooner. Right. And it'll be a judgment of employers' actions two years after the fact. And, um, you know, there, there will be an entire narrative about what happened at this point in time. Um, and it, I think it will leave people really vulnerable to second guessing. So one of the things that I certainly advise uh, employers that I'm working with is be as flexible as you can, be as understanding as you can, and sort of recognize the decisions that you are making now are going to be judged down the road. And so do what you can to help your people. Uh, Gina, different issue here. How long is the eviction moratorium that's now in place in Kansas? And can tenants be evicted in Kansas City right now? In Kansas City, Missouri, the answer is no. They cannot be evicted right now. And what what happened that put that in place? Uh, judge Byrne, who is the current presiding judge in Jackson County, issued an order suspending the execution of judgments. So the way that eviction judgments are executed is that uh, someone from the sheriff's office comes to the person's home and actually has the authority and ability to forcibly remove them from that home. And that's not happening in Kansas City, Missouri right now. That, that is not happening through April 18th at the moment. It is uh, probably going to be necessary, and we believe Judge Byrne will have the wisdom to actually extend that order but right now it's only through April 18th. How about on the Kansas side where Governor Laura Kelly has issued a statewide moratorium on evictions? Uh, I should note that I'm not licensed on the Kansas side, so I typically do not address uh, uh, Kansas law. Um, But if somebody has a specific question about it, we can check into it. But if they want to call 816-278-1344, we do have a Kansas lawyer on staff who would be able to talk to talk to people about that. Sounds good. And if you're just joining us right now, you're listening to Up to Date Special Coverage, Coronavirus in Kansas City. Our phone number, 816-235-2888, or tweet us at KCUR Up to Date. Russ from Kansas City, Missouri, good morning. Good morning. Hey, quick question. How does this lockdown don't go anywhere a bit affect people who uh, their work is where they're standing? Plumbers, electricians, people such as myself who service fire alarms, that sort of thing. Boy, interesting question. Well, actually, you are considered an essential worker. Um, There are various categories of industries that are exempted from the shelter-in-place order, and um, plumbers, electricians, um, who are necessary to maintain residences, sanitation, health and safety, certainly um, would be accepted. So driving around in a truck, not a target. Okay. Um, I thank you for that information, and I wish you a happy day. Yeah, Russ, thank you very much. You know that the list of, of exempt employees, uh, employees who are regarded as essential, strikes me, Kim, as awfully long. And I'm just wondering, given that, how effective is this uh, uh, shelter-in-place, stay-at-home order in reality? We'll probably know in 30 days. Yeah, <laughs> as this thing spreads or doesn't spread, right? Right. But a lot of people are exempt from this order, right? Yes, there are, oh gosh, like 23, 24 different categories of essential workers. Um, and then there's also sort of... Uh, particular kinds of work to maintain the continuity of the business, even if you are non-essential, that is also exempted. So 
there are a lot of exceptions. Gina, how about this one? Do tenants have to notify their landlords that their workplace closed because of the coronavirus and they won't be able to pay their rent until they're back to work? You know, Steve, the the orders that are in place right now do not suspend evictions in and of themselves. And the governor has the power. The Missouri governor has the power to suspend evictions, but has not taken the steps to do so. Well, I'm, I thought you just said they were you can't evict anybody in Kansas City. Yeah. So to be clear, um, eviction proceedings can be pursued right now by landlords. Okay. But those judgments are not. First of all, the proceedings are not going forward because there's an order in place right now by the Missouri Supreme Court that will last through April 17th that prohibits in-person court appearances. So in effect, that stops the eviction process. Okay. And then this additional, um, if people have already been evicted but those evictions haven't been executed, that too is stopped. Uh, Does that mean those people could move back into their places? If they've already been removed, no. Okay. But if they've been evicted, they haven't been removed, they get to stay in place through April 17th. Um, But the point I want to make is that there is no current moratorium on the eviction process itself. And I want people to know that, and I I want people to push and advocate for that moratorium to uh, be enacted and for rental assistance to take place. And to advocate by calling their city officials, their state officials, their their federal officials. Yes, they should call their federal officials, and they should call the governor to advocate for an actual eviction moratorium and for rental assistance, um, also for a foreclosure moratorium and for mortgage assistance. Because as of right now... um, when those court orders are lifted, if they're lifted, people will still be vulnerable to eviction and foreclosure for failing to pay rent and for failing to uh, pay their mortgages. So this is a great time for people to be civically engaged and be advocating for uh, the safeguards that we know uh, low-wage workers and many ordinary people need to be able to stay housed. So you're saying you'd like to see Governor Mike Parson in Kansas uh, sign the same kind of order that Governor Laura Kelly just did in Kansas. Yes. Uh, uh, Governor Parsons of Missouri. Yes, absolutely. And just to be crystal then to my question, do tenants have to notify their landlords that their workplace is shut down and they're, they're in jeopardy of not being able to pay their rent? There's nothing requiring them to give that notice. But what we would suggest is that people reach out to their landlords, explain what that situation is, um, demonstrate a good faith effort to do the very best that they can to keep up with their rent um, and with uh, their bills. And if they need advice on how to do that, we are happy to help by uh, uh, calling our hotline number that we've provided. And again, that hotline, 816-278-1344, right? Correct, yes. Yeah, and again, we've talked about it on this show in previous previous days, but your point is communicate early and often. That's that's to your benefit now. Don't shut down and sit in the couch and hide from your landlord talk to him or her, right? Yeah, absolutely. Talk to them. Try to come up with an agreement. Um, and if you're having issues, that doesn't always work. So if you're having issues and you need assistance, you want to know what your rights are. You want to know what the risks are, especially as you're trying to triage bills and figure out what to pay and not to pay. Um, please feel free to give us a call. That's the voice of Gina Kilala, uh, uh, Executive Director and Staff Attorney with the Heartland Center for Jobs and Freedom. We're also joined by Kim Jones, an attorney with Cypherth Blumenthal 
Sean Harris. We're going to continue our conversation and take more of your questions. And we also hope to have Mayor Quentin Lucas uh, uh, join us later on this hour. So stay with us. I'm Steve Kraske, and you're listening to up-to-date special coverage, Coronavirus in Kansas City on KCUR 89.3. More from up to date in just a moment on KCUR 89.3, a service of the University of Missouri, Kansas City. 931, dense fog and 41 degrees downtown, 40 degrees in KCK, looking at a partly sunny high of 58 this afternoon. I'm Paul Nakatura sitting in for Linda Share. Good afternoon. Or good morning, rather. It's 9.30. Support for KCUR comes from St. Luke's Rehabilitation Institute, combining expert clinicians with transformative robotics to provide the highest level of rehab. Learn more at stlukeskc.org slash rehabinstitute. St. Luke's, the intersection of innovation and hope. And AIDS Walk Kansas City, offering individuals and teams an opportunity to help people living with HIV AIDS here in Kansas City with the virtual walk using social media platforms and other communications. Learn more at AIDSWalkKC.org. This morning on 1A, as coronavirus continues to spread in the United States, more and more businesses are having to close their doors or cut back hours, spelling trouble for employees. More on that story from 1A from 10 to noon on KCUR 89.3 NPR in Kansas City. At KCUR, we believe in access to quality news and information for all. We believe that journalism is knowledge with a specific function in our city. We believe it is our duty to share that knowledge. If you also believe, please donate today at kcur.org slash we believe. Now let's get back to up-to-date special coverage of coronavirus in Kansas City. And we are back. I'm Steve Kraske. We're attempting to answer your legal questions here this morning with two terrific attorneys, Kim Jones, Gina Kiala, and again, our number 816-235-2888. Let's go to some calls here. Let's go to Chris from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Chris works in construction. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. How are you guys? Well, thank you for calling. Cool. I appreciate your guys' time. I have a question for your guests. So I work at a local construction company that we uh, manufacture and we, you know, deal with construction equipment daily um, and we're considered essential. But the biggest thing that I'm concerned about is I live with multiple family members at home and one of my family members works at a healthcare professional and, you know, they deal with people every day. Would I get in trouble for, you know, not feeling safe and endangering people that I live with at home for not coming into work, given that I'm considered an essential employee? Interesting question. What do you make of that one, Kim? It's going to depend on your company. Um, I think that the the most prudent thing to do is to share your concern uh, with your employer and see if they you can take a, a leave of absence, maybe use any accrued or unused PTO that you have available or potentially take a leave without pay um, and, and see if they, they will work with you on that particular issue. Um, as I said earlier, I certainly am encouraging uh, organizations that I work with to be as flexible as possible, recognizing we are in unprecedented times and that we do have people who, because of maybe family members being particularly vulnerable or working or, or living with uh, healthcare providers that are not going to feel comfortable um, coming to work on site and so that they should explore alternatives if they can. Gotcha. And yeah, and the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of people that are here at work, you know, they're not taking the social distancing thing seriously. And, you know, I see it when people take lunch, you know, it's a big community of people in a break room and it just makes me uncomfortable. So I do 
appreciate your guys' time. Yeah, Chris, thank you for the call and, and, and good luck. You know, one point I want to clarify, Gina, uh, has to do with when the moratorium is lifted, will tenants have to make good on all their back rent here because no emergency measure being taken right now wipes the slate clean of your financial obligations. Do I, do I have that right? Yes, Steve, you're, you're right about that, unless the government intervenes to do something about that. And so, again, that's why we think um, people should be pushing, if, if they believe it is, it is necessary, um, pushing the governor and pushing Congress to go ahead and enact a moratorium that includes rental assistance and mortgage assistance. So when we read about utility companies, for instance, saying uh, they'll work with you, maybe you don't have to pay within a certain amount of time. It's not that they're saying you never have to pay this money. They're just giving you more time to pay it. Right. Right now, what's happening is uh, the courts are trying to prevent uh, tenants from coming to court. They're trying to prevent high volume dockets so that people are not in the same place spreading the disease. Um, there's not been the policy action that we need from the governor of Missouri or from Congress to actually think about the economic impact of this situation to put a longer-term stop to evictions and foreclosures and to make sure that those uh, that, that people who fall behind on their rent, fall behind on their mortgage due to no fault of their own, receive the assistance that they need so we don't have a huge housing crisis. We were already in a housing crisis. Right. Um, and so that we don't have an even worse housing crisis uh, once this epidemic starts to uh, come under control. Gina, as far as you know, it, does this $1.6 trillion uh, emergency package that Congress is considering right now address things like uh, helping people with utility bills or their rents? It does not. And that's Although it does supply some cash payments to certain people who are fairly much uh, on the low income side of things. Uh, right. But it does not actually deal with housing issues. And that's a problem. Um, and if you go to our Facebook page, you'll see a link to um, a policy prescription that we believe is sound on the, and a way to call your members of Congress. Again, our phone number here, 816-235-2888. We're answering your legal questions. There are lots of them in the wake of this coronavirus crisis. 816-235-2888 or tweet us at KCUR up to date. Brad from Mission on the Kansas side. Brad, good morning. Hey, good morning, Steve. I've been on your show a couple of times. Love you guys. Thank you, Brad. I have two questions. Oh, thank you. I have two questions. You might have covered one of these. But I have homes in, uh, in Kansas and Missouri, and are landlords that do their own work considered essential workers? Yeah. I, I believe they would be um, in order, if, they're, if the work that they're performing is to maintain the residence, the sanitation, the safety, uh, its operations, yes. Yes, okay, and I, I believe Mayor Lucas uh, commented on that and said the same thing. Okay. And, and then you, you might have covered this as well, but um, I haven't heard anything that actually addresses landlords. You know, if a, especially like a small landlord like me, if, if there's not a lot of cash reserves and there's mortgages and the landlord falls behind because of, you know, tenants that can't pay, has that been addressed by government officials or, or anything that you know about that? It's a really interesting question. What about the landlord aspect of all this? Yeah, I think that the policies that we're pushing for are mutually beneficial to both tenants and landlords because tenants are not going to be able to pay their rent no matter what. Um, and the policies that we're pushing for are 
uh, holiday uh, holidays in terms of rent or um, in terms of mortgage. That would also, on the other side, provide assistance to landlords who are uh, missing those rental payments. So it's a win-win situation as far as we're concerned. Hmm. I hope that helps, Brad. Okay. Um, I think it does. I really appreciate your guys' show, and, and thanks for taking the call. You bet, Brad. You know, speaking of landlords, Gina, you know, for landlords who aren't getting paid their rent, are they still responsible for major repairs? You know, maybe the water heater goes out while this coronavirus crisis is continuing? Absolutely. Those uh, requirements and duties upon landlords to maintain safe and livable housing are still in place. And um, as we were just talking about, those would be considered essential services. So it's important that those repairs continue to be done. Okay. Uh, we have a question here from Helen on Twitter, at KCUR up to date. And she asked this, this, Kim, please address whether employees can deny workers from wearing N95 masks while, they, uh, they, uh, while they're on the job. I think it would depend on the industry, but I would say generally no. Um, if if an employee wants to wear a mask, um, their their company should allow it. And Helen is saying that uh, apparently uh, these employees own the mask, so yeah, so it's their own personal mask. Right. Okay, so there shouldn't be an issue there. I wouldn't think so. No. Well, how much power do employee employers have at a time like this, Kim? I mean. If uh, an employee had a previously scheduled vacation, for instance, but uh, the crisis is requiring, at least in the eyes of the employer, that the workers stick around right now, can the employer force the employee to cancel that vacation? Yes, they can. Really? Yeah. Yes. Um, Why? And as a Why is that? Well, first of all, uh, there's you not... you got the airline booked, you got the hotel paid for, and... and well, the airline's not going anywhere, and okay. the, the, <laughs> and the hotel is not yeah. uh, uh, going to allow it either. So uh, as a practical matter, yes. I mean, employers uh, are not legally required to provide vacation in Missouri or in Kansas, and, and it's, it's a benefit that they provide. And if they need to, because of a public health emergency like we're in right now, need to ask people to remain uh, so that they can perform services, then they certainly have the, the discretion to do that. Yeah. Gina, I want you to put out that phone number again that you're offering uh, to folks who have questions about their situation. They can call and get some free help from you guys. Give us that number again. 816-278-1344. And if you are a tenant wanting to advocate for some of the policies that we're talking about, I would also suggest that you get in touch with KC Tenants. Any advice on how to handle bills, Gina? I mean, pay a little bit to everybody right now or focus on the major ones and worry about the little ones later on? You know, I've been working with low-wage workers for many years now, and I know that low-wage workers know best how to triage bills. It's one of mm. the skills that they have that many of us don't have. So people have to make their own decisions about uh, what bills are most important to pay. But I think the important thing to know is what we were talking about earlier, which is the fact that there may be 
um, a suspension of utility shutoffs. And the fact that there is a, a suspension of evictions at the moment doesn't mean that later uh, those bills aren't going to come due. So you want to keep that in mind as you triage your, your bills and try to figure out what's going to keep your family healthiest. Do you need to buy food right now? Is that the most important thing? And given that there's not any utility shutoffs happening, maybe it's okay to go ahead and skip that payment if it means you're able to feed your family. Right. So you see why really each family has to make that decision. Um, but just know and take and factor into your equation the fact that uh, that those bills are right now going to come due later unless the government takes the steps um, that we hope it takes to actually intervene. Okay, again, our number for our good legal panel here, 816-235-2888. You're listening to up-to-date special coverage, coronavirus in Kansas City. Let's go back to some calls here. Vanya from Kansas City, Missouri. Good morning. Good morning. Go ahead, Vanya. Uh, okay, so my question is regarding the IRA workers downtown. There's about 4,000 people uh, working in the downtown office, and they're not taking measures to find a way for them to work from home. And that's a really high spreading point of the virus at the moment in Kansas City. She's talking. So what can they do? Yes. What can they do? We're talking about IRS workers working downtown right across the street from Union Station. What would you advise, uh, Kim? Well, certainly I think you want to um, do what you can in your work area um, to sanitize uh, high-touch areas, to make sure you're washing your hands, to doing all the things that they're recommending, uh, that you're engaging in the social distancing. Um, If you have uh, an immediate supervisor or manager, I would certainly go to them and express your concerns uh, about the steps that have or have not been taken and and insist upon protocols being implemented. Can an employer like the IRS insist that its workers come to work every day, even at a time like this, even if the workers are saying, I don't feel safe? Um, if they are deemed essential workers, yes, they can. Mm. Um, again, I think everyone has to make their own choices about whether or not they feel safe going to work or not. And if they elect to stay home because they feel unsafe, um, they may be doing that uh, without pay. Um, But uh, again, I think during this time of uncertainty, everyone's got to do what's best for themselves and their families. So even if a worker says, hey, I will go home and work, I'll work just as hard, I want to continue to get paid, the employer can deny that uh, person that uh, right if they're deemed an essential employee. They could, but I, I do know that most organizations, at least that I've worked with in the Kansas City area and elsewhere, um, are providing for telework uh, if it is possible because it's in their interest to do so. It keeps mm-hmm. people productive. It keeps um, the business going. And so I, I've not actually experienced anyone refusing telework if it is an option. I hope that helps, Vanya. But how about these people start getting sick at really high rates at that facility? Are they going to sue the government for not providing them ways to work from home? Oh, I'm sure somebody will try to sue the government over that. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's essential to be in an office. They can create remote computer software. Everything that they do is not like medical personnel. 
Right. All this can right. be transferred at home, and I feel like they're being irresponsible. Well, Fanya, I appreciate that, yeah. There is an issue with um, security because of the nature of the information that the IRS is dealing with, social security numbers and things of that nature. And so it may be because of uh, security protocols um, that there has been a reluctance to allow the telework. Uh, one thing that we do know that during this time when there is increased telework, that phishing attempts are also going up and all kinds of scams and um, uh, cyber attacks. So people have to balance those two issues. Yeah, security becoming a big issue for those who are working at home without the same protections they might have in the office, exactly. right? For their computers, yeah. Okay, 816-235-2888's our number here. Molly from Kansas City, Missouri. Molly, you're on up-to-date special coverage, coronavirus in Kansas City. Good morning. Hi, um, actually my name is Molly Salmonyakun and I own Lulu's Thai Noodle Shop in the Crossroads. Oh sure, Molly, I'm a frequent customer in Westwood, yeah. Thank you. Um, my question is, up until this point, I have been, so I have my kitchen staff and then I have my front of the house staff, and up until this point I've been telling my front of the house staff, the servers, the bartenders, if you're uncomfortable coming to work at this time, I understand, you just need to let me know and you're at and you can stay at home, and your status will remain active within my company. But now I'm reaching a point where I have 40 people in the kitchen in the back of the house that are wanting to come in, and you know, between two locations. So, I'm sorry, and not all at one time. So, 10 in the back at each location. They're wanting to come in. They're wanting to work. And I'm having a lot of people, a lot of business through curbside, like tons of business through curbside. Right. So I could I could still operate but I'm running into a situation where my front my servers and bartenders, even though the only contact with a customer is outside at a curb, they're not wanting to come in. Can I compel them to come in to work? Yeah, interesting or question. Them, or try to hire somebody that is okay with curbside. Right. Yes. You can. Um, you have work for them to perform. Um, and if they're not willing to perform it, then you can make other employment decisions, including hiring other individuals who are willing to perform the work. And she could fire these people in theory, right? Yes. But, or I could compel them to come in yes. to work. Okay. I hate the situation. It's terrible. I bet. It is terrible. But I'm trying to keep the people that want to work with a job and making money. So it's really tough for everybody. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for the call, Molly. Good luck to you. Uh, let's go to John from Kansas City, Missouri. John, you're on up-to-date special coverage, coronavirus in Kansas City. Go ahead, John. Uh, yeah, I was just calling to um, mention that I've got a, a loan approved to close uh, pretty soon. In the meantime, um, my financial situation has changed because I'm no longer working. don't know when I will because social distancing. Am I required to report this change to the um, uh, the loan company? And will that have effects or what? So you're saying you've signed a contract to buy a house, and in the meantime, your financial situation has changed, John. Do I have that right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's, it would be important to look specifically at the contract that you signed and the terms of that contract. Um, 
I'm not someone who deals with issues of um, home ownership in the in the legal field. Um, so I would suggest that maybe you reach out for specific legal advice on that question. But oftentimes, the terms of the contract, the terms of those legal documents would uh, say whether you have an ongoing obligation to report changes. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that term was there. And would that enable him to get out of the contract if his financial status has changed in such a way that he couldn't uh, meet the obligation of the loan? Well, I certainly think that the bank wouldn't want uh, to fund a loan where they already know that the person's not going to be able to comply with its terms. Um, and so, again, it's one of those situations where just reaching out and talking um, may solve it regardless of what the what the uh, legal situation is. And you don't want to enter into a, a loan that you already know you're going to default on and end up having a foreclosure issue. Again, you want to talk about communicating here at a time like this, it sounds like. Absolutely. Right. Okay, John, Great. wish you the best. Thank you. Maria from Shawnee. Maria, you're on uh, the show. Nice to have you. Oh, thank you. Um, yes, I'm an EHS professional for 20 years, and you cannot wear an N95 respirator unless you've had medical testing. It's the OSHA standard 1910-134. So the, the employer has to test, have a pulmonary function test and an exam. We've had employees ask for that. We said we will send you to the doctor, and you know it's their choice to go or not. Okay. Because it stress a respirator stresses your body when you wear it. You have to breathe through um, the filter, so it stresses your lungs and your heart. So you have to make sure you're medically able to wear it. Okay, Maria, thank you. Uh, Kim, another related question came in. What about a worker who feels fine, but the boss is insisting that he or she works from home? Do they have to? Yes. We've, if, we've talked about sort of the opposite of that, yeah. Yeah, if they have uh, telework available and um, the person can perform it, then yes, they need, to, they need to do that and comply with that directive. How about this? My employer has requested that I work from home. Does that mean that the employer can order me not to run errands or go to church, for instance, while I'm at home? Well, they're paying you for your time, and so depending on your classification, if you're exempt or non-exempt, that may um, factor into that uh, answer. But if you're an hourly employee, for example, uh, they only have to pay you for the hour's work. So if you go run errands or you go to church, you're not going to get paid for that time. The answer might be a little different if you're an exempt employee. How about can my employer take my temperature at work? That's a really interesting question, and it changed last week. Hmm. Um, the EEOC issued new guidance um, that specifically is permitting employers to take the temperatures of employees. Okay. I want to thank our guests here, Kim Jones, an attorney with uh, Seiferth, Blumenthal, and Harris, Gina Kiala, uh, executive director and staff attorney with the Heartland Center for Jobs and Freedom. Thank you both for the great advice today. I sure appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Okay, now joining us is Kansas City, Missouri Mayor Quentin Lucas. Uh, on Saturday, he issued a stay-at-home order effective Tuesday morning in a bid to stop the spread of COVID-19. The order goes into effect at 12.01 a.m. Tuesday. Uh, we'll t ask him uh, questions about that and other things right now. Mayor, welcome back to the show. Nice to have you. It's good to be with you, Steve. Mayor, how are your constituents reacting to this stay-at-home order? You know, I think the lion's share of people are reacting 
positively. I think they understand why it had to happen. There are some who are angry. I received one angry text from a gentleman yesterday that said, yeah, maybe you'll save some lives, but we'll uh, hurt the economy. And of course, I think my balance of what's important is different than that gentleman's. We hear some of that, but by and large, I think everybody, not just in Kansas City, Missouri, but throughout the region understands why we're taking this step. And that's why leaders of almost all, actually all of our metropolitan counties took that step. You mentioned the economy, Mayor. What's your assessment uh, a few weeks uh, in from now of how this pandemic is going to affect the local economy here? Well, in many ways, right, we're going to have a month of little to no activity, uh, at least maybe two months. This uh, is bound to have an incredibly challenging impact, particularly on a number of small businesses, particularly those that are in the service industry. Uh, My heart goes out to them. We understand the concern, the pain that they'll be enduring, and we hope, uh, frankly, that these types of efforts allow us to not have to sustain this arm longer into the summer, um, not to have to have the long-term health impacts that we're all trying to avoid. And frankly, I I hope that um, the steps we take now really do show both the state and federal governments that local government is doing all of its can, all that it can to stop the spread of this and that we need their support. So the objective is to stop it now. Do I have that right? You know, that's correct. I mean, you hear a lot the idea of flatten the curve. Uh, Right now, we do not have the health resources to handle a pandemic coming into the emergency rooms in every hospital in Kansas City. We think that the volume is going to be a significant challenge and one that we're trying to delay through important measures like this until we can get either more resources or hopefully at some point some vaccine for this so that it doesn't have the same stark impact, particularly on our older population, that it has lately. This stay-at-home order uh, will be in effect for how long? It's in effect for 30 days. Um, And by the way, if you're listening in Jackson, Clay, Platt, Wyandotte, Johnson, Leavenworth counties, it applies to you. I'm speaking to folks in Cass County today. I think we'll look to that order spreading. Um, As you know, many times local government has stepped up. All of us agreed to make it a 30-day order, and we will certainly take the opportunity to look back. I will also note for those on the Missouri side, um, we have typically, because our our governor did not elect to close schools before we did, this order also includes us extending the closure of all schools in Kansas City, Missouri, and the 14 districts that serve us, so many outside of Kansas City, um, through April the 24th. I can't help but notice that you didn't mention Clay and Platt counties in that list of counties. Why not? You know, I did. I did. Clay and Platt County okay. just yesterday did add in. Um, the only kind of close county for us that's not in right now is Cass. But the health directors of both Clay and Platt acted uh, yesterday afternoon, one yesterday morning. I commend them greatly for those steps. This order won't affect so-called essential businesses. And we were talking earlier on our show today, Mayor, the list of essential businesses is actually pretty long. So I'm wondering to what extent this might undermine the effectiveness of what you're trying to do here. You never want exceptions to swallow the rule, and that's one of my fears with this as well. I think um, certainly there are a lot of essential businesses. We wanted to make clear this, though. Uh, If you are someone who has to ask the question of whether my business is essential, the answer is likely no. And so I would hope that through a lot of self-policing, self-governance in connection with this, folks recognize that, let's say you're, I'm a lawyer, so you're at a law firm, right? You probably do not need to go in, particularly given 
given that a number of court hearings from bankruptcy to other contract disputes aren't being held or not being heard. And so I, I think that we will actually see, first of all, a lot of businesses that do close or at least respect these rules during this time uh, lead to work from home for a number of folks. And, um, you know, I, I understand that there will be some who say, but, but public works construction workers are still out and that can still lead to spread. We've encouraged for all of those organizations social distancing, and I would hope they follow that responsible metric as laid out in our orders. Mayor, just quickly, how much enforcement can we expect from Kansas City, Missouri police when it comes to backing up this order? You know, in many ways, enforcement is done at City Hall from a number of other agencies and departments, the Regulated Industries Department, the Health Department, um, the Fire Marshal. And so it's not so much that we'll just have police officers knocking on your doorstep. In fact, I hope we never get to that point. But instead, we do expect to, where businesses aren't following them, shut them down through regulated industries. That's Kansas City, Missouri Mayor Quentin Lucas. Mayor, thanks again. We'll be in touch, okay? Thank you, Steve. And thanks to all our listeners. We'll be back tomorrow with more special coverage from up-to-date coronavirus in Kansas City. I'm Steve Kraske.